0: Together we will raise, lead, and empower a generation to change the world. Here, Jesus is famous, and all the glory goes to God. This is Celebration. This is our family. Welcome home. Good morning. Welcome to Celebration Church. Let's all stand together as people join with us online all over the world. And let's recite together the Apostles' Creed. This is our statement of faith. This is who we are and what we believe at Celebration Church. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord, who for us and for our salvation was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. Uh, for those of you not familiar, the way we do our offerings here is we don't pass buckets anymore. But uh, if you'd like to give, you can use the envelopes on the seat back in front of you and use, use that to uh, put in your checks or cash and give it on the way out. There'll be ushers at the door. Many of you have signed up for recurrent giving online, which is very, very easy. Uh, you basically just decide ahead of time, this is how much we're going to give every week. And it just happens automatically and you don't have to mess with it. Or you can use your phone and use the Celebration Church app to do that as well. Been a busy week for Deanna and I. We've, uh, on, uh, earlier in the week, we were in Las Vegas, Nevada, MGM Grand, uh, speaking to 4,000 people. <laughs> it was a big crowd. It was fun. Yeah. Uh, then we, on Wednesday night, we took a red eye. So we spoke earlier in the day. Took a red eye flight at midnight to go to Nashville and then drive from Nashville up to Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And we did a thing for special forces guys and their spouses that night. Uh, Green berets, very cool, fun. And then we got up with the crack of dawn the next morning (laughs) and flew to Pennsylvania. Had a large group there at a big church in Pennsylvania. We had a blast running all over the place. I must confess, this morning, I was like, uh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a little tired. If I fall over, you'll know why. Okay, so today is the sixth Sunday in the season of Epiphany and the Christian calendar. What is an Epiphany? An Epiphany is a moment of sudden revelation or insight. It's like all of a sudden the lights go on. Now I get it. Now I get it. And I, I tell you, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. He comes to make truth clear to us. It's amazing how some people can sit in a church hear the same thing for years and years and decades and it never clicks for them until all of a sudden the spirit of god breathes into their head and I'm like oh, now I get it that's what we went. we want to have people experience epiphanies today's epiphany we are hoping that the holy spirit will make clear to all is to understand what it means to have a life that is blessed versus a life that is cursed i'll explain We're going to read from Jeremiah, the 17th chapter, verse 5. This is in the Old Testament, Jeremiah the prophet. Um, He says, this is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man, who draws strength from mere flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Now, so you understand this. It doesn't mean that God is up there cursing people. Boogity, boogity, boogity. (laughs) Okay? It's just this is what happens. You trust, trust yourself. I don't need anybody. I don't need yada. These lives are cursed. because nothing seems to work for them. And he describes what that looks like. He says that person will be like a bush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert in a salt land where no one lives. In other words, to be cursed is to be doomed, jinxed, and ill-fated. What is it like to have that kind of life? Well, everything that can go wrong for you does go wrong for you. It seems that it's if everything you touch falls apart, your your failures are far greater in number and severity than your successes in life. It seems as if, in fact, you are doomed, jinxed, and ill-fated. But then he shows us the other side of the picture. He says, but... To be blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. What are they going to be like? They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. And make no mistake, even when you're blessed, it doesn't mean bad stuff's not going to happen to you. Sometimes the heat comes on. Say, Pastor, but it's so hot. That's why they call, call it heat, okay? Uh, It can go rough for you. How are we still blessed? Because even in the midst of the problems, God's blessings are there. Uh, uh, The temptations are still there. The trials still present present themselves. But when you are blessed, you're able to overcome it. And you have this positive spin on life. Why? And the longer you do this, the more positive an attitude you have. Because even when things go bad, you know it's going to go good. It's going to turn around. It's called faith. It's being blessed Uh, James writes about this in his epistle, first chapter, verse 2. Consider it pure joy, he writes, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Now, who does that, right? He's basically saying pure joy when everything in your life goes wrong. It's not the way people think. People like to moan, groan, and complain when things go wrong. But he's saying, consider it pure joy. The attitude is like celebrating, like having a party. It's like inviting all your friends over to celebrate. What are we celebrating? <laughs> My life sucks, all right? Why would you do that? Because for us, even during tough times, it always turns around, always turns around. God has never failed you, not once, if you put your trust in him. We do not cry when the heat is on. Do we panic when the temperatures go up? Do we despair when the pressures pile on? No. No, we dance. That's why you never want to miss a Sunday. You never (laughs) never know what's going to happen. We still dance. We still celebrate, even when things get hard. Psalm 34, 19, many are the the afflictions of the righteous. That doesn't sound like blessed. Yeah, it does. Why? Because the Lord delivers him out of them all. The Bible says we are to be overcomers. And you can't be an overcomer if you don't have anything to overcome. It's good for you to struggle in your faith. Trust God. See what happens. Let's go back to Jeremiah. He's still describing what it is to be blessed. He said, They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. What is it like to be blessed? Well, things work out for you instead of against you. You have a sense that you are never alone. In the midst of sorrow, you still have joy. When the world is filled with terror, you have peace. When everyone else is down, you are up. Things just go your way. You are in a state of happiness and contentment. That's what it means to be blessed. And many times we see this contrast in the scriptures. Blessed if you do the right thing. cursed if you do the wrong thing. I said, "Well, wait a minute. I, I thought we we're not saved by what we do. Well, that's the problem. Actually, that is true. The one thing about finding salvation and forgiveness of your sins is you can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't just be a little bit better than the than you are bad. And the reason we think this way is because we're not nearly as bad as the people around us. <laughs> They're horrible, <laughs> you know. I'm not that bad. We have no sense that what our sins actually do to us. Without forgiveness." you're doomed. You can't balance it out. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. It's done by faith. It's not dependent on you. It's dependent on him. When you put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ, he forgives you of your sins. Again, you don't buy it. You don't earn it. It is grace, God giving into your life. And we teach people, look, God loves you no matter what. Why? I have no idea. (laughs) For up to me, I'd kill us all. (laughs) But he loves us no matter what. So then we hear this and we go too far. We think, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. God loves me no matter what. Doesn't matter. God forgives me. Just doesn't matter. And we just stroll along. We don't take our faith seriously, but listen to me. We're not saved by doing good things, but we are blessed when we do good and cursed if we do not. See, we make this a mistake. We take it too far, so then we become casual. A lot of people become casual in their faith. It just has this la-di-da attitude. Kira, kira, whatever will be, will be. The future's not. Come on, sing along. Really. Ours to see. Kira, If you knew the words, you're old. All right, that's an old song. <laughs> just whatever, just whatever, doesn't matter what you do. Man, don't make that mistake. Again, God will forgive you based on his love for you, period. God likes you and loves you no matter what. But don't think it doesn't matter what you do. It does matter what you do. It is the difference between having a life that is blessed and successful and one that sucks to high heaven. We will reap what we sow. James wrote about this to the New Testament church. There were people who were thinking like that. They finally got the message, look, we don't earn this. God does this in our lives. We're thankful to God because he forgives us as if we put our trust in him. All you got to do is ask. Ask and receive his grace. That's all you got to do. But then they're thinking, well, I don't have to do anything anymore. La-de-da-de-da. And he goes, uh, in James 2, verse 17, he says, in the same way faith by itself If it's not accompanied by action, it's dead. You still have to do things. You're not earning things, but you need to do the right thing so that God can bless your life. And to be honest, I just don't understand why so many Christians are content with being miserable and just living a cursed life. Everything just sucks. Everywhere they go, there's this huge sucking sound, and they just—they don't take it seriously well, you know, I'm a Christian. They're not very devout. They don't go to church very often. They don't read their Bible. They don't pray. They think they pray, but they're just freaking out. Oh God, oh God. (laughs) That's not praying. That's freaking out. They certainly don't give any money. (sighs) But here's the thing. The more miserable you are, The harder your life is, the poorer your bank account is, the sadder you are, the lonely you are, the sicker you are, the more devout you should be. At some point, we got to get sick and tired of being sick and tired and realize we need to do the right things and take our faith seriously so God can bless us. Here's what Jesus said about giving. He says, give and it will be given to you a good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. That's why people should be generous. People of faith should give. I can't give. Sure you can. You just can't give very much. (laughs) But you still should do something. It's called faith. And let me ask you a question. Who needs to be blessed more? The guy with a million dollars in the bank Or the guy who doesn't have two pennies rubbed together? Who do you think needs more blessings? It's the poor guy. If you're poor and struggle, all the more reason you should give. Don't just like give in your life. Oh, I can't. Yeah, you can. Even if it's a little. You want to give. Why? Because Jesus says, if you give, it will be given to you. What does that imply? If you don't give, he ain't giving you jack. Epiphany. When you're blessed, you go up. When you're not, you go down. You know, one of the things I love about being here for so long, I'm pushing 20 years at this church, is seeing people's lives that I know who've listened to this message and how dramatically their lives have turned around. Some of them dramatically financially. They started their business, you know, just one little thing here in Green Bay. Now they've got offices all over the country and doing extraordinarily well. People who just a few years ago, I know them. They were on the verge of bankruptcy. What did they do? They kept dancing, kept singing, kept trusting God. And today they are financially successful. Like you can't even wrap your head around people who were working at a job. They were at the bottom of the totem pole. Today they're on top of the totem pole and looking around at the world around them. I have seen this work over and over and over. You say, well, I don't have a lot of money. Listen, the Bible promises that you'll have more than you need. It doesn't always say you'll have a lot of money. The truth is, God doesn't want you to have a lot of money because he knows if he gives you a lot of money, you're going to fall apart. Money messes with people. You want to see a family fight? Have somebody die and let them discuss the money. (laughs) (laughs) They go insane. Some of you can't handle it. Say, well, I wish I could. Yeah, I'll bet. (laughs) It's not good for you. Not everything's good for you. But there's other things. It's not just money. It's just joy. Having a life filled with joy, a life filled with peace. Everybody going nuts around you. It doesn't affect you. You are blessed. You are blessed and can do more with less when you're blessed. Blessed and less. Less and blessed. I no that makes sense. I love the story in the Old Testament, Judges, the seventh chapter. This is the story of Gideon. Now, during Gideon's time, the Midianites were in town kicking butt and taking names. I mean, they are terrorizing the Jews. They're making their lives a living hell. It's horrible what they're doing to them. And Gideon, when we start reading the story, the Bible says he's hiding. He's freaking out. He's afraid. Everything's going wrong. They're under uh, this occupation of this horrible group of violent marauders. And the Bible says when he was sitting there hiding, an angel appears to him and says, you, you're a mighty warrior. Gideon goes, I'm a girly man. I'm afraid of everything. I'm a nobody. My daddy was a nobody. My great granddaddy was a nobody. My great, great, great daddy was a nobody. I come from a long line of cowards. You have to read it. It's hilarious. He says, there's nothing in my family. (laughs) We got nothing. Angel says, no, no, you are capable of great things. And it starts to change him. And then suddenly, Gideon gets the courage to rise up and start saying, we need to fight back. And they're getting ready to go to war against the Midianites, who's a massive army. And they all gather. gather. He has 32,000 men that are following him to this battle. And still outnumbered, but as an impressive force. So we pick up the story. Early in the morning, Jeroboam, that's the name that they gave Gideon, and all of his men were camped at the spring of Herod. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Morah. Very specific description. I was in Israel a few years ago, and if you go to the Holy Land, they'll say, You know, we think this happened here, and we think this. They don't really know, they're doing their best guess, but there's a few places they know exactly where it is because it's described dead on. And this event happens in this place. You go to Israel, they'll take you exactly where it happened, they know that's exactly where it was. And uh, so they're all there 32,000 men fighting, fighting back, ready to go to battle. And the Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. (laughs) What? (laughs) I only got 32,000. It's impressive, but we need all the strength we can get. God says, you got too many. Verse three says, now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear, if you're nervous about what's about to happen, you can go home. Okay. So he goes to the guys, listen, guys, anybody who's nervous about this, you can go back. No bad on you. You're dismissed. What does it say? So 22,000 men. Are you kidding me? 22,000? I can figure out a few hundred would say, yeah, I'm a little freaked out. But when you got 32,000 and 22,000 of them turn around and say, okay, hasta la vista, baby. And they're heading back home. And then he's got 10,000. This is not going the way Gideon had hoped. But God told him to do this, so he's going to do it. Verse 4, But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. <laughs> what are you talking about? He says, take them down to the water and I'll thin them out there for you. And I'm thinking, man, don't be thinning things out. We're thin as it is. And he said, look, I tell you, one goes... You can go, the other ones. If they turn around, they got to go. So Gideon takes the men down to the water. And again, they, this stream is exactly there in Israel. You can go right to it. It's a big deal. Tourists come all the time to visit this place where this happens. What happens is the Lord told them, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps from those who kneel down to drink. What does that mean? Uh, there were those who were alert. They're on the verge of battle. The army's right there. They're sneaking up on them. They get down to the water and some stay alert and they pick up the water and lap the water like this. And then others just... And they're not paying attention. So he tells them, those who lap like a dog, you can keep them. All is going to stick their face in the water. They got to go. Out of 10,000 men, (laughs) 9,700... stick their face in the water. (laughs) And now he's down to 300 guys. Are you kidding me? But the Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites into your hands. Let the others go home. Things are not going the way one would expect. What God is teaching them is you can still be blessed and have less. You can have less and still be blessed. Better to have less and be blessed than have lot and your life still stinks. Somebody say amen. So what Gideon does is he tells his guys, there's only 300 of them. There's this massive army. They show you this plane where this army was sitting. So he takes 300 of them in the dead of night. There's probably a thick cloud covered, no stars, no moon. I mean, it's black, 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 black. you can't see anything. And he spreads out the 300 guys and they all have torches. And he says, on cue, I want you to light the torches and start shouting. Okay, this is our battle plan. So in the dead of night, on cue, 300 torches light up all around them. The Midianites wake up, and they are completely freaked. They see 300 torches. They can't see in the darkness. They're assuming there's a massive army around them, and they're doomed. And they panic, and they're running into each other, and they start fighting each other, and they're killing each other. They don't have to kill anybody. They're all killing each other. I mean, it's a mess. It's just complete panic. And Gideon pulls off one of the greatest military moves in the history of mankind. All from a guy who did less, but was incredibly blessed. You want God to bless you? Then you have to get serious about your faith. People say, well, I I believe in God. Again, we go back to James, where James was saying, look, you got to do something. You can't just believe. What does James say? James 2.19, you believe there's one God. Well, whoop-de-stink-and-do. Even the demons believe that. (laughs) He's trying to get their attention. Just believing is not enough to bless your life. You have to get active and do something. Again, if your life sucks, we'll be there for you. (laughs) We'll love you. We'll encourage you. We'll do the best we can. But at some point, you got to get this. You got to get this in. I am going to honor God. I'm going to do the right things when I don't feel like doing things. I'm going to serve when I don't feel like serving. I'm going to give when I don't feel like giving. I'm going to go to church when I feel I should do, be doing something else. You just start doing the right things and things will start to change. God has never failed anybody who put their trust in him. And don't make the mistake of saying, well, this means I earn my way to heaven. No, you're not earning your way to heaven. God's got that covered for you. What you're doing is living a life that can be blessed, and you want a life that will be blessed. I'm gonna ask the ushers to go ahead and get ready to come and serve communion. Uh the Bible teaches us that when we gather together like this, we take communion and we reflect on how all this is possible. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. His body was broken, his blood was shed so that we could have forgiveness of sins. This is what we celebrate. But the Bible says before you take communion, You should reflect on your own life. So let's all bow our heads and reflect for just a minute. If there's anything, you know, you're not doing right or have messed up, now's a good time to just talk to God about it. And let me pray a prayer of forgiveness over all of us. Heavenly Father, before we partake of the bread and the cup this morning and in obedience to the scriptures, we pause to examine ourselves. If we've sinned against you in thought, word, or deed, something we did, something we should have did that we didn't do, If we've not loved you with our whole heart, if we haven't loved our neighbors as ourselves, for the sake of your beloved son, Jesus, who gave himself as a sacrifice for our sins, have mercy on us and forgive us. We can't earn it. We can't buy it. We just ask you to forgive us. And by the strength and power of your Holy Spirit, keep us in eternal life. And as heads are bowed, people are reflecting, praying. Maybe you're here this morning thinking, you know, I've I've never done this. I've never really reached out to God in my life. You can do that right now, just in your own words. Say to Jesus, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. And you can start taking your first steps of faith this morning. Amen.